0: Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. The U.S. got a 2-1 victory over Costa Rica last night, despite conceding a goal in the opening minute. And the team ends another roller coaster international window with the much-needed three points now sitting second in the table behind Mexico. Lots to discuss.
1: Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing alright, Bells. I'm doing exactly 0.2 points per game better than I was before we played Costa Rica. <laughs> is that the is that how it changes the how much it changes the points per game? I, I think so. I think we were at 1.6 and now we're at 1.83. Hey, .23. three. All right. <laughs> um well.
0: Yeah, there's a, there is a lot to discuss. I really want to get your view of the goalkeeping on both Costa Rica's opener and the US game winner and I spent some time with people who listen to the podcast over the last couple of days and I know they want that too, but let's let's get to those later. It seems like it seems like the there's sort of two ways to look at this game. One is uh this is very old and not great Costa Rica team that we still almost lost to and needed a lot of things to break our way to actually win the game. And then there's another way to look at it, which is like, this was the best the U S has played probably under both Berhalter ever in a meaningful game. And so we should all be really excited about that. And I wonder, you know, where you fall on that spectrum.
1: Well, I feel like you blend it, right? Like, uh, this is the best we've looked and, uh, I thought we looked much better than Costa Rica, and uh, you then caveat that with this is a very very elderly Costa Rica side playing their third game with minimal rotation compared to us being uh, you know college age children playing after heavy rotation. Uh, but this is the, this is the first test we had, so we played Jamaica a week ago, and um, Jamaica were also a bad team, but they were also sort of badly organized uh and we looked good against them so the next test is to play a bad team that's slightly better organized and that's what goes to rico were and we uh we i think i still think there are definitely elements of progress that you can that you can look at there in the way we played
0: okay yeah well let's uh let's let's just go straight to the um lineups if you don't mind greg
1: absolutely okay
0: USA started, uh, so Berhalter started Stefan and goal. What'd you make of that?
1: I don't care for it. Uh, I I don't think it's the right decision. Um, do we, do we talk about it right now? Yeah, let's talk about it right now. (laughs) So I, I posted like a clip of like a sarcastic clip of Matt Turner making an amazing save against Panama and being like, we definitely don't want this guy on the field. Uh, but I also said, uh, it probably won't matter, right? It probably doesn't. And and I, the analogy I'm going to give here is uh, a, a basketball analogy. I think hopefully some of our listeners are familiar with the game of basketball. Uh, and I've probably used this before because it's like a, my go-to for percentages. Like a coach needs to play percentages. And part of this is me assuming that like Matt Turner is the better goalkeeper. And if Matt Turner is the better goalkeeper, I think of it as like free throw percentages. Uh, so if you're a basketball coach, you You have a technical foul in the game, and you get to send a player of your choice to the free throw line to take the foul and you've got a guy on the floor that shoots ninety percent and you've got a guy on the floor that shoots eighty percent if you send the guy on the floor that shoots eighty percent to take the free throw like that's a bad coaching choice. He will probably make the free throw still he's a good free throw shooter, but you take you you send the guy to give you the best possible chance to do it, and so that's kind of in my head what what I think of with turner and stefan and and again for me just like in basketball like it's a no-brainer i feel like turner is so much better than stefan at stopping shots that even though turner stefan might be good enough in the game and it might not bite you you just don't give yourself that risk well let's
0: just hold that in mind (laughs) before we get to the timeline but um won't have to hold it very long I I've never heard you give that free throw analogy. That's that's good. That's helpful. Um So then okay, so Stefan's in the goal and I think that was that was criticized by more people than just you. And then <clears throat> Dest, Miles, Chris Richards, a little bit of, of a surprise, and Anthony Robinson across the back line. Uh and then Adams, Musa and McKenney, the MMA midfield, and then Wea Zardes and Aronson across the front line, although there's a wrinkle there because Ariola was going to start. It was like even announced an hour before the game in the the lineup announcement, but he got hurt in warmups and was a last-second scratch, clearing the way for Wea to start on the right wing. So I guess for me, both Ariola and Stefan, if we're going to use, you know, scuffed parlance, were a little bit cute, and and then you know Wea. <laughs> God intervened in the case of Ariola,
1: who we hope is recovering quickly. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's like Ariola had started both of the first two games. Why is he the guy who starts all three games? I mean, what does what does what Burhalter see in there? I don't I don't get that. But
1: like the question of what he sees there is is definitely up for discussion. But I think what is not up for discussion is at least going into this game, Burhalter considered Ariola a better. Winger more likely to help his team win games than Tim Weah. Like, once he starts game three, I feel like that is, you can't really argue it anymore. Right. And it would. So, yeah. So, Ariola didn't just start two. He went 90. He went a full 90 in the first Mm -hmm. game and then went 45 in game two uh, and then pegged to start game three. Interesting. Fascinating. And we don't want to be, again, I mean, we have
0: this tendency to get really nitpicky and we're going to be, but just. I mean, I was I was at the game last night. I was very happy. I was a very happy person watching the game. I thought it was a it was a quite a good performance from the U.S. mostly. So um, I just want to throw that in there before we get get going. And then Coast, Costa Rica's lineup was Killer uh, Navas in goal. The you know the greatest player in the history of Concacaf, probably with all due respect to Rafa Marquez and Hugo Sanchez, and then uh, Blanco Duarte calvo and moderita across the back line um uh, calvo and moderita will be very familiar to mls watchers and then uh kelso borges and uh yeltsin tejada in as a double pivot and then kesha fuller brian ruiz and johan venegas in the band of three and then jonathan moya as the striker it's worth pointing out. You've heard this on every other podcast you've listened to, and in all the articles. But it's worth pointing out here again that the youngest Costa Rica player was older than the oldest U.S. player in the starting lineup, and the average age of our eleven was under twenty-three, like twenty-two point six or something. Which I know it's getting to be a little. I mean, it's getting to be a little bit of like a cl- cliche thing to keep bringing up, but it is worth it's worth reminding ourselves. Like th- these are this is an amazingly young collection of players and this is this was our best i think that most of our best players were in this 11 that were available it's
1: it's never i never get tired of bringing it up uh, because this was again the premise of our entire uh podcast uh was whether or not we would have enough young players to to take over for what was a very barren cupboard uh but yes the outfielders in this uh 11 for the u.s all would have been eligible to play in the Guadalajara Olympic qualifying tournament. And then obviously in the Tokyo games proper. So uh, just an incredible sense of like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say perspective or, uh, but just like what has happened in the last three years for the U S yeah. On a talent development front and what was missing for the U S in the five years prior to that.
0: Well, there's a whole, there's a whole way of processing these games that includes Talking about that youth and saying, "Well, that is the reason for the inconsistency of the team, and that is the reason, you know, that they haven't been able to coalesce is because they're so young." And that's why I was. That's why I was sort of on on walking on eggshells, bringing it up
1: because <laughs> you know I'm because you know I hate it. Yeah, right? I know you, you know hate I'm going to get all fiery about it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible angle. Like at this point, if that's what you if you want to like actually take that angle, like in in assess that angle based on what we've seen in these games you would like say the opposite you would say that it's the experience that is hurting us and really more teams should throw in players who have zero experience in world cup qualifiers because that's what translates to points that's the correlation at the moment for our team well it's
0: definitely burhalter's angle at least part of the time you know he's he's making that case that the youth of the team has is a factor in the inconsistency of the performances um i mean and i think there's some there's some in the sort of broader media landscape who are at least amenable to that line of thinking. I listened to allocation disorder this morning on my way back from Columbus. And I, they talked about that a little bit. So it's out there and it's, and uh, it may even be conventional wisdom in some quarters.
1: No, I I totally get it. It's just, it it feels very, again, I basically just want to say it feels lazy because like drill into it and say okay which of the players have we seen that are have been inconsistent and like which of the which of those players are under the age of 23 and which of those players are over the age of 23 and like what is the correlation yeah
0: well i mean i don't want to get too catty about it but (laughs) i saw tenorio tweeted earlier today about how um you know, Musa had a a very poor performance against Panama, and then rebounded last night. And I see that, and I'm like, well, did he have a very poor performance against Panama? Like he had two bad giveaways in the first ten minutes, and that is that is the poison pill for somebody when people are watching the U.S. If you make a mistake in the first ten minutes, everybody's going to remember it, and that will that will basically color the way you you are assessed by the by a lot of fans and like you know pundits, whatever. But he, I, didn't think, I didn't think Musa played badly against Panama. I thought he was the lone sort of bright spot in that game. Not the lone one, but I thought he was pretty decent. So, I, that, that, so that'd be one place where they, you know, that's one example that you could give.
1: You know, you know what an analog, a good analog in that game would be for me? Would be uh, Christian Roldan, like uh, coming in as a sub. And I feel like the first two things he did when he got the ball was just kick it forward uh, to nobody. And so then I was like, oh, my God, all is doing is just hoofing it forward. And what's what's kind of funny about it is he kept hoofing it forward all game when he got in. That was the only thing he did. But a lot of his uh, progressive, they actually just became progressive passives. And I don't mean like they were all aimless. Some of them were actually very well, like, played passes. Uh, so it's just kind of like an interesting, cause the same thing happened to me when I was watching him, but I saw other people saying he was like a spark off the bench. And I was like, he just gave the ball away so he, like three straight times. <laughs> That's what it looked like <laughs> to me, but he actually had like a couple of good passes. And it, it's also sort of a, a sad statement on that game that him just literally kicking the ball forward as far as he could, or, you know, every time he got it, whether the pass was on or not, still managed to improve the play of the game. And I think that's kind of the same thing with Musa. He gave it away several times, but also the only good things that were happening in the game were like when he was taking the ball at his feet and trying to advance it. Yeah. Well, forget about the Panama game. Musa
0: was, was very good last night. I thought, um, I mean, we're not going to forget about the Panama game, but just for the purposes of (laughs) the thing I was just about to say. So, uh, should we go
1: to the timeline? I'm in, I'm ready for a timeline. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go on a bunch of rants on tangents as we go through it.
0: I hope you do. Uh, in the first minute, as others have pointed out before the TIFOs had even been, uh, lowered from the American outlaws and right in front of the goal we were defending right behind the goal, we were defending, uh, Costa Rica scored. It starts with, uh, Francisco Calvo lifting a ball toward the back line, just kind of a, just kind of a kick it and pray kind of situation and John and Moya beats Chris Richards to it and flicks it in behind for uh, into, into a dangerous area, forcing Stefan to leave his box to head it away. Um, I think Robinson was tracking. I think it was Fuller coming in from the right, from our left, but, uh, but it was still dangerous. I'm I'm glad Stefan came out at least until you tell me otherwise. Then Serginho tries to head it out of bounds and, Brian Ruiz makes a really nice play by by getting to it and then backheeling it to an on-rushing Ronald Matarita and Dest is a tad flat-footed I think and Matarita beats him to the end line and then floats a ball across the box and it and it come, falls to Kaiser Fuller on the back post and he kind of scuffs his shot but it bounces through traffic right past Stefan so Greg I'm I'm really interested in your take on this goal all
1: right so I mean before we even started I was talking about how like I'm the I'm a big Matt Turner guy again think that he just is a miraculous shot saver Uh, I I don't put a lot of this on Zach Steffen so even though I uh, was hoping that it was gonna be Turner starting was disappointed to see Steffen we get scored on within 40 seconds of the game Uh, it's an easy narrative to play like can't believe we didn't start Turner look at what has happened now. But like, this is a really, for me, a really tough one to put much of any blame on Zach Steffen for any of it, including the header. Yeah.
0: I had, I heard some people say, you know, I mean, I want to hear what, what you think about the shot, the, the shot and the way it went past Stefan. But I heard, I did. I have heard some people say, well, if Stefan's gonna come out like that, he needs to make sure it goes all the you know all the way out of bounds. I'm like, I don't know, he headed it pretty far. <laughs> and then he got back into his goal. It's not like he got chipped or something. So I tend to agree with with you on that. I don't I don't really blame blame Stefan for that.
1: And it did feel like he needed to come out. Um I mean He for sure did. Yeah. He he definitely had to come out. Like uh So can we can I kind of detail this some of this stuff? Yes. And I heard I've already I've already heard the TSS breakdown. And like I was like, ah, this is exactly what I saw, too, for most of it. Um, Calvo sitting on the ball 80 yards away from our goal. We're not putting any pressure on him. Like our line's kind of sitting back a little bit. We're deep. It's fine. Pepe kind of comes forward, but it's not like he dragged everyone else out and, and they split us like they did against uh, Honduras to set up that goal. But I do think that goal like is relevant here because when Calvo hits that long ball, what you see when the uh, camera pans over is Miles Robinson has like left the back line to chase a guy upfield who would who had checked back. Uh, we didn't do that in the Honduras goal. We didn't time that well in that Honduras goal away. And Brooks went late and that's how he got beat. So I was wondering if that was like going through the back of Miles's head like I can't let this guy receive it between the lines. There was no danger of that happening calvo was 50 yards away from that guy yeah and that guy was flanked by our center mids like we would have been fine in that situation so miles was drawn out of the back line which left richards one-on-one for the header um and richards lost the battle which happens sometimes he lost it pretty easily i think you've said in the past i I agree with you richards is not dominant in the air no he's okay in the air but we have john brooks we have walker zimmerman we have you know Matt Miazga, those guys are dominant in the air. Richards and McKenzie are not. Yeah. Uh, so he got shoved off his spot and uh, Moya wins the header. And then the other thing to think about here is uh, Anthony Robinson got beat before this happened. On the Calvo long ball when, it, when the camera pans over, you see Robinson's man is now goal side of him for some reason. Even though there was plenty of time to be getting set up. Uh, the only thing Robinson could try to claim is that his man is offside on the actual initial header that starts all this, but he's, he's chasing him. So Robinson is now beat on the play and the flag doesn't go up and there's no VAR. So it's like, okay, we got to, this is the play. This is what we're dealing with. Uh, so for me, Stefan does have to come out. That's a long way of saying like, it's, it's the right choice for Stefan to yeah. come out. Yeah. And then his header, like isn't great but it's a goalkeeper coming out and making a a diving header that he has to come make uh so it's like okay it was good enough he put a lot of air under it which is exactly what he needs to do and so dest is there to do the next thing he's there to like totally eliminate the danger but he doesn't do that maybe or you know just pop it it up in the air again right but he doesn't it just sort of barely skims off his head and a very optimistic Ryan Ruiz is like half jumping at it, not probably not expecting anything good to come of it. And Dest's header like Kareem's off of his shoulder and suddenly is like Dest is now out of position. Stefan's still not in position, Uh, but it's still not that dangerous because the ball's still going to the sideline. Right. So it's all, it's such a confluence of like not terrible things happening, but just keep happening barely the wrong way. Keep breaking barely the wrong way for us.
0: It's like a bunch of 82% free throw shooters when you need, when you need a 92%
1: free throw shooter. You know? We had seven 82% free throw shooters miss in a row at the end of a game. And they're all front ends of one-on-one. So it was, it was especially brutal.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, and then Desk gets beat by Modorita. Like, don't do you. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. You could, you
1: keep going. Well, death take, takes a slightly bad angle at Matarito because maybe, again, all of this is kind of now in a, what I would ca- call like non-standard defending territory. Your keeper's out that already changes your psychology for how you're, how you're doing all this. Wea comes to try to like clean up the ball that Ruiz has to just let it go out of bounds. But Ruiz is really clever because he's Brian Ruiz and he backheels it and just keeps it in play. And Matarito's made a great read and he takes off and it goes right into his path. And now he's got a uh, full head of steam, and Des does take a bad angle, can't make up the ground, and we get the cross off, and and this is where there's more dominoes falling. In that while once Matarrita got sprung, like same same kind of situation as the Honduras game actually, where they we they spring a guy on our weak side. We did a decent job of shelling up in front of the goal. You when that cross is hit, Miles Robinson, uh, Anthony Robinson, and one other guy who I don't remember. Are all sitting right in front of the goal, so you have your three-man shell in at like the edge of the six-yard box to cover the goal up. But the center mids don't come with them, so McKenny and Musa don't come over. Adams is shifted towards the ball, which is his job. Uh, but McKenny and Musa aren't there to make up the next layer of the shell uh, to build your little three-two pyramid, um, and that's where that's the, the space that Fuller gets into. So again, you're you're seeing all of these little tiny mistakes that just are adding up. And Fuller gets his shot off and it's Moya, right? Directly in front of yep. Stefan. Yep. So Fuller's shot is not a good shot. And if Moya's not there, Stefan probably takes one step to his right and just picks the ball up and puts it in his chest. But Moya is there and Stefan has to react to him. And for me, then assessing the actual goalkeeper, even though Fuller gets credit for the goal for Stefan, the shot may as well come from Moya, who's three and a half yards away from him and puts it not directly into Stefan's body. So it's a goal. Like, I don't really hold any blame for Stefan on that play. Uh, Would Matt Turner have saved it? Possibly, but only because we've seen him, again, make miraculous saves. So he could pull it out. But even for Matt Turner, it would be a miraculous save. Yeah. You're saying it's like, it's basically a
0: shot from Moya because just by choosing not to touch it, he's basically he's that's where the choice makes the, that's where the exactly choice yep yeah
1: yeah yeah if stefan goes so. to pick it up like it's like moya's not there moya just touches it anywhere else and that's that yeah okay good for you good
0: for you not <laughs> not uh jumping on your soapbox not opportunistically jumping on your soapbox
1: no i appreciate that i haven't checked it did stefan actually make any other saves in the game um uh, must have right. Surely he did. Yeah, he did. He he palmed one. I think he, he did. palmed the shot over from Gorgas. Yes. Or- yep.
0: and he also he also picked up, covered up something that kind of dribbled towards him at, on a free kick at the end. It, w- it wasn't a save, I guess, but it was important that he did that. Okay, so so one to zero, and I don't have any way of assessing like the feel in the stadium because my body was so racked with grief personally (laughs) that i i couldn't even like observe other people but uh it was pretty it was pretty
1: deflating to have that happen inside 60 seconds obviously fourth well and because we also had no idea how our team was looking so it's not like everything's going right and then suddenly the air's out of our sail it was just this immediate like oh my god this game could be a full spiral uh of of like clinsmanian proportion (laughs) yeah but, but we, we figured it out.
0: I mean, we started to play well, I guess I should say. In the fourth minute, uh, you know, solid bit of possession ends with a hopeful ball in behind from Adams. Uh, you know, there were some hopeful balls, but uh, at least two examples in the first 10 minutes of, of Wes McKenney picking up the ball and driving hard at Costa Rica, which was such a pleasure to see. And then he would, And then he would give it up. Like he would give it away. Uh, a a poor touch usually was the culprit
1: so that we got we and that's that's not unusual right we see that a lot with McKenny and and we take it and you know where I think McKenny adds a ton of value and we have a a fifth minute I think situation here where uh, we saw his verticality which is what I love his off-ball verticality so I'm inter I'm I'm intercepting your timeline Bell dude go for Uh, it It was like uh, we ha- we'd built a little bit of a nice attack through possession. Costa Rica kind of cleared, but because Tyler Adams is Tyler Adams, he gets on the end of the clearance and just loops the ball back into Brendan Aronson, uh, who takes it very well, like this kind of ball out of the air, barely, just a little looper uh, on the half turn, though. And Ricardo Pepe has set up like a backboard because I'm just I love basketball terminology. And Aronson hits an easy ball into like a six yard ball into Pepe. And Weston McKennie is running vertically now, bursting beyond Pepe and Pepe with a nice one touch ball to put McKenny into space. Aronson goes too, and we have this great movement. Pepe then t- takes off as well. And we just have this really good looking attack into Costa Rica's b- box. McKennie fires a shot in and it gets like, well, it's like a half shot, half. Maybe Pepe gets on the end of it if it's like far post and a Costa Rica defender blocks it out for a corner. Um, but it's just all very explosive is how I'd call it. And we get that verticality from deep and we have Pepe facing up and playing a great little uh, combination. And that for me is like, Oh man, that was good.
0: Yeah. I mean, that did, are you describing something that happened in the fifth minute? Like yeah, right off the bat? Okay. All right. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah. have that in the timeline,
1: but Oh man, it was, it was awesome. And it ticked, it ticked so many of my boxes about like what I want to see, like uh, from our striker, from our center midfielders, from Brendan Aronson, who also just because, I mean, it didn't come to anything. But after he made the pass into Pepe, he went to. And then right at the last second when McKenney had it, he actually, everyone was running hard at goal. Costa Rica defenders sprinting back at the goal. Uh, Aronson like screeches to a halt, which is, I love that uh, movement to create separation while everyone else is dropping. And McKenney, it would have been tough, but McKenney could have recognized it and essentially just clipped it almost like vertically backwards. And Aaronson would have been able to pick his spot. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I have like three other examples of very similar stuff. Like one, one where, um, I mean, one that's almost exactly the same thing that happens later in the half, but, but Pepe did, Pepe did that backboarding to great effect, like four or five times, um, to help us pick apart a pretty, a pretty, I mean, I think a pretty well-organized defense and, um, that's that was that was fun to watch. So, tenth minute, um, I just want to note a little, a good little line breaking pass from Richards. Um, I thought he wasn't a f- super ambitious player of balls between the lines, but he was. You know, he did it. He did it on occasion in, on, in this game. Um, thirteenth minute, a lovely attack through Costa Rica's left side. Dest dribbles enough to open a passing window to Pepe who's checking to basically uh, exactly what Greg just described a few minutes ago, except on the right side. And Pepe makes a lovely first-time pass to spring. Wea in behind, and Wea gets to that Man City zone and tries to cut it back, but it's cut out by a sliding Costa Rica defender just in front of Dest, who's continued his run. This timeline is going to be full of moments like this. I mean, there's there's probably a 20 like this in the game, wouldn't you say?
1: And yeah, yeah, and and this, and this is what I was like, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is great stuff. And, uh, that, that sequence you just described, I think came after like a minute of possession. So this, this isn't all transition moments, right? Like this is exactly the kind of passing into the, uh, defense, this kind of like testing them out, manipulating them, getting them to fold on themselves, uh, kind of thing that I think we really need to see as much as possible. I honestly, I think, I think Berhalter maybe was doing a little bit of a -a rope-a-dope with all of that verticality talk. Like because there's an obvious emphasis on that sort of like backboarding coming back from both the forward and the half space merchants, Uh, and I wonder if all that verticality talk was in the press to get defenders to drop a little bit earlier, a little bit farther. I mean, maybe it's a huge reach, but but like, but I have to. I mean, I gotta say it. It can't be an accident. Like it can't be an accident. The number of times those midfielders are coming back. Uh, and, and Pepe doing the same thing when, again, all of the emphasis on the press was verticality, get behind their back shoulder, run on, running in behind the defense. Like we are seeing this way more than we saw in the first window. And I've, I'm here for it. Yeah, no, it was, it's, and the, and the, the tidiness of the
0: combinations between the midfielders and the fullbacks. And I mean, this it is it a lot of, a lot of nice stuff for, I've got a 14th minute one that sounds a lot like the one you described off the counter press as we're bearing down, Adam side foot volleys it to Aronson, turning a little pass to Pepe. Pepe with his left foot springs McKenney
1: Okay, yeah, this it's exactly the same yeah. one.
0: Okay, I I clocked it in the forties, so I have to check minute. the timestamp. Yeah, so that's the one Greg Greg described. Uh, choose your adventure on when it happened in the game. Um, <laughs> I th- I thought it was a very clearly a shot from McKinney. Um and I think Navas had it covered, even if Calvo hadn't. Slid in there and deflected it. But anyway, great chance. 16th minute, pretty good set piece from Aronson after he's fouled on the left touchline. Pepe can't quite get his head to it. Uh, Maderita does a good job of putting him off the trajectory of the ball. And um, 16th minute, again, Wea is slipped down the wing by Musa, who is just skipping past his opponents in the in his uh, Costa Rican opponents. I think maybe he looked, I mean, he looked like Superman sometimes in this game. Maybe that's partly because of the age of the midfield. I mean, everybody's bragging on Brian Ruiz for being old, but Borges looked pretty,
1: Borges looked pretty slow out there too. You know, they, they definitely did. And that, that gets, that plays into it. But we saw Musa do this against Jamaica too. And we even saw it at times against Panama. And, uh, I definitely think a takeaway is that he can do this. It's not yes. just because Costa Rica's is old and, yes. uh, you know, I don't want to say decrepit, but let's be honest. Uh, and, and we have a couple of guys. It's not just Musa. W- McKenney does this a couple of times in this game. He did it a couple of times against Jamaica. Like we have several guys now who look like they're men playing amongst boys. And it's what we- it's Musa. It's uh, McKenny. Wea at times. Gio Reyna, when he comes back, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be cool to watch them um exert their will on some of these teams. Which I'm I'm expecting to see happen. It's gonna be cool to watch them sit on the bench in the January
0: window so that we can get the legit Acosta midfield.
1: <laughs> no, I don't Those know. Those guys will be out of season. There's no way. They you can't they'd be, they wouldn't be fit. No, I it does it's a, it's a ridiculous thought experiment. Well <laughs> let's
0: talk about it though. Do you think I mean it's one of the takeaways I think a lot of a lot of people are talking about is just that the pool of players who can actually win you a game in World Cup qualifying is is shrinking. Like the the, the number of people that we think can do that is probably shrinking. And uh I wonder if Berhalter is coming to that conclusion as well. I mean Acosta's I feel like I feel like Acosta and Legetta are a little different. Like Acosta Acosta fits a need at, as a backup six. You know, we need we need a backup six. We need somebody who can do the job there. LeJet, who we have, I have defended a lot, and I I do like him as a player. Has not. I don't think he's played super well for the U.S. Basically all year, and um, there's not as much need for him.
1: Well, it'll be it'll be interesting because uh, it's going to have to be it can't I mean, obviously it can't always be Adams, Musa, and McKinney playing. Right. So uh, the question is going to be, who are the eights that can take over when we have to rotate them out? And so uh, I'm not I'm not sure if Buzio is going to it's like now locked it up. It seems unlikely no. that you, a guy could lock something up after 20 minutes, regardless of you know how solid those 20 minutes were. Uh, so it, it's still for me going to be like a, to be determined. And I, and I totally agree with you. And we, we criticized Leggett during his gold cup performances, but we also kept defending his selection. And for me, it's like the consequences of Leggett not looking great in gold cup means that he has like losing his grip on his spot. And if he keeps playing poorly, which he was really rough against Panama, uh, and he was pretty rough against Canada as well. Like that grip is loosened even more to the point where after the Panama game, where it felt like, like a full on yips situation, like it was really rough. Uh, that, that could be it. Like that could be it for him. Or, I mean, he could be a guy who gets called into a few more camps, but doesn't really play and then gets phased out. Or it could just be he's surplus by November. Yeah. I mean, Raina can,
0: can theoretically slide in there in that eight position. Theoretically, uh, well, I thought Delatorio was fine in his cameo and Busio was fine in his cameo last night. I mean Busio, I, I noticed a little bit of a transition softness from him that you just did, like it's the the comparison between him and Musa is is stark, you know. If if Musa is a man among boys, then Busio looks like a boy among boys or a boy among men, maybe. Though he was he was really really uh clever and precise with the ball. Which was nice to see, but we get it. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just noticed after this, between the sixteenth and twenty-third minute, I didn't clock the minute. A poor pass from Weston uh, to Wea in transition. I think Wes on on rewatch he he probably had like ten giveaways. I mean, it was a lot, and so I think he is. That is the player he is. You know, he's. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to be a huge asset and he's also going to give the ball away a lot, but it was a little too much giving the ball away.
1: I mean, even for
0: him, I think, but he was also a huge asset. I mean, it's a, he's a paradox. Right. The man is a paradox. Right.
1: And and coming on the heels of that Panama game, man, like anybody trying to do anything progressive is like, yes, please keep trying that. <laughs>
0: But I mean, he also, I think I saw the, a stat that he had, he recovered the ball 16 times, which totally matches my impression of the game. And every time he recovered the ball, he's off to the races, you know? It's, it's he's, he's going for it. Okay. 23rd minute. Nice work by McKinney, Adams and Wea to spring Dest for a cross. Uh, doesn't find anybody but then it cycles over to Robinson and he puts one right on the head of Ricardo Pepe making a near post run he doesn't get enough to put it on frame it's a pretty decent chance it's from where I was sitting in the stadium it looked like an extremely difficult cross to actually put on frame just the pace of it and the and the the angle that Pepe was running at it from looked like it was it would have been an incredible shot if he would put it on goal But anyway, a good chance.
1: Great chance. Uh, or, or yeah, a good chance. Um, like it helps me with my narrative about headers and that like Pepe isn't some supernatural header of the ball, even though he scored on headers against Honduras and Jamaica. Like it's good that he's in that spot. Uh, but we just have to remember that no one converts all of those. So when we see other guys miss it too, it's like, oh yeah, nobody converts all of those. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to steal this one too, to talk about another project that I'm going to be taking on, I think this week. And that is going to be my, what we talked about it last, last two games. I think my final 22 yard choice, uh, project where we, where we talk about our choices in the final 22 uh, yards. Yeah. Everyone familiar with yes. this? <laughs> because I think it, this is a perfect example of it. Cause we have Dest hitting the first cross after some really good work by, like you said, Wes Adams and way away. doing some really good half space merchant checking back here. Uh, to eventually find Dest and then Dest like hits a ball in to, when you say it doesn't find anybody, it's because there was really nobody to be found, right? We just hit a ball in because we were in a good, we were in a space that sometimes people hit the ball in. Right. And I really still think that this is the biggest place for us to improve our scoring efficiency is to not settle for that kind of thing. When we have really good soccer players, we know how good Dest is. We're seeing how well Pepe can combine Wea loves to get in, in these tight spots, Aaron's like McKenny bursts through. So I don't want us to settle for just hitting the ball across when it gets out to Aronson or I'm sorry to Robinson. It's a different story. Like it goes out to him and Pepe makes this amazing. He actually has excellent movement here to like get across the face of his man. And at that point, I think it's a good choice for Robinson to put the ball in for a header to score a goal. So it's like this difference between a, a hopeful ball into the box and an extremely purposeful ball into the box. And I'm gonna I'm gonna break down all of like our final 22 yard uh, services from probably the last three games. There won't be very many against Panama. <laughs> Actually, there there will. That was that was Berhalter's uh, talking point. There was the final ball wasn't good enough. Uh, and I just I want to like see how many decent advan- advantageous situations we're kind of throwing away by just getting it into the mixa. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I there were there were a ton last night as we've already talked about of of these um and i would say a lot of the a lot of the balls didn't feel hopeful you know there were you know there was there was a target or they were you know they were it was like it was a low driven ball across the six there were there were several of those that got cut out but i feel like maybe that it's that um it's the cutback you know it's the it's getting to the end line and cutting it back that would that we didn't see a lot of
1: Right, and that's I, I want those all day. Uh, and there were some of these where you can pause it at the at the time of the cross and be like, okay, well, you know, technically it is three on three in the box, and you don't hate those numbers. But other times it's two on three, and it's just like, all right, well, what are we doing here? Why not? Why have Sergino Dest give the ball up here when he's Serginho Dest? Like he should just keep doing cool Serginho Dest things uh, instead of just being like, all right, anybody could fire a ball across the box. Like Dest can do a lot of other things. Yeah. As we'll see shortly. Uh,
0: yeah, we're not gonna. I mean, I would say basically from when the goal is scored until until the twenty fifth minute when we score our goal, it's it's all USA. It's a it's it's a dominating passage of play, and the goal comes uh, in the twenty fifth minute. It's a nice, it's an, another nice passage of play that goes through Stefan's feet. So let, let's let's address this part of the narrative too. <laughs> There's a, it's a, it, I think it's a 12 pass sequence, um, including Stefan, uh, clipping a ball out left to Aronson. I think Robinson, it's I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Robinson. That's what I meant to say. And, uh, and it's, it's not a very good pass. So let's just, let's, I mean, it, Stefan is better with his feet than Turner. There's no question about that, but we did not score this goal
1: because of Stefan's feet. Uh, in my opinion. right, this this isn't one. This, this isn't the one we're going to be like. See, this is why we need him in there. Uh, he'd already had one earlier where, that he just floated over Dest's head. That he tried to hit like a similar ball and just hit it out of bounds. Right. This one he under hits and it's behind Robinson. So Robinson has to like cut back hard uh, to uh, like take it off the hop and head it back to Chris Richards. A lot of things can go wrong there. Uh, yeah, that was a but those it two. Messy those two moment. handled it really well. Yeah,
0: and then. uh yeah, right. Richards, Robinson, Adams, and McKenney ha- do handle it very well. They just triangle their way out of our back
1: you know, our back left corner. And then McKenny There were so so much, sorry, so many triangles in this game. That was another thing that I was, was like, oh my god, triangles everywhere. Uh Aronson and Adams did or Aronson and somebody did some triangles to start this thing. Aronson uh intercepted the ball, did a little triangle business, and then it went back to Adams, then to Stefan. But it was just like there was there was such an ease to the formation and passing within these triangles.
0: Yeah. So
1: did, well, let's get it meta
0: first. Well, let's do the goal first. Um, <laughs> McKen So then McKenney plays it to Aronson on the left touchline, sort of like, that's like the, sort of the first
1: major forward pass after all these triangles. And, um, Adams to McKenney is the, for, the first one. I'm going to cuz that's an important one too and it's just such like a again such an easy feeling. Oh, well, Greg, I hope I every, got that right. I every wrong, single but. one of these passes is important.
0: I I'm not saying any is more important than the others. <laughs> um, um so McKenney, yeah, okay, Adams to McKenney, McKenney to Aronson on the left touchline, Aronson to Wea. Wea decides he's not going to just sort of try to bang a ball across the box. So he 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 kind of doubles back and then switches fields for Musa, who is arriving on the right wing. Musa taps it to Dest, who is sort of coming back out of the box to, to reestablish possession. And Dest dribbles at Madarita. Madarita cuts in on his left foot as McKenney makes a little diagonal run out of the space that Dest is dribbling towards. Just some great burst from McKenney. Verticality, baby. And and then Dest hits an absolute banger, which you've seen. It's sw- it's with his left foot swerving in and out, and th- just thrashes the netting in the top left corner. Impossible for anybody to stop that shot.
1: One of those where the camera angle just adds to the mystique of it because you just get to see the full flight of it, uh, instantly see where the trajectory is taking it, and being like, that ball is unsav- It's unsavable. Yeah. Matt Turner doesn't save that shot. (laughs) No, no. I'll say
0: in the stadium, it looked to me like it was, uh, it was deflected. Like the trajectory of the ball was kind of had a little bit of a deflection signal to it, but it obviously wasn't deflected. It was hit pure.
1: Probably that little wiggle. It had a little wiggle right there at the end. And you're just like, oh yeah, weird spin from a deflection. Surely. Yeah. No, no. Even when I thought it was deflected, I didn't care. I was
0: happy. <laughs> All right. 28th minute. Anything else to say
1: about the goal, Greg? Just that like you, it doesn't even make sense to do the like, Oh, 21 year old hit it to an 18 year old who hit it to another 20 year old because everyone on the team who touches the ball falls into that category. Right. It was cause it was way I mean, Aronson who's 22 Aronson to way to Musa to Dest for the goal. If they can just, uh, get a little more consistent, then we'll be then we'll be good imagine imagine what that play would have looked like if there had been a nice veteran leadership presence on the field
0: <laughs> 28th minute uh another nice bit of hold up play from from peppy he sort of he sort of he backboards an aerial ball at the half line and guides a header down like cushions a header down into the path of aronson who uh, who's like just you know, running free down the left touch line? Aronson does kind of dribble into a crowd and lose the ball at the top of the box.
1: And I thought, well, go ahead. Nope, nope. So you can go ahead and say it.
0: Well, I thought I thought Aronson was a little bit um, danger adjacent <laughs> last night. He 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 got in a lot of good spots. He uh, he was in a lot of good situations for an attacking player to be in. And it didn't ever feel likely that something was gonna come off to me. Both on the both on the first watch and on the rewatch.
1: So that was that was exactly the sense I had on the first watch. And on the rewatch, I still agree with that. Where if we made a final twenty two yard comp for Brendan Aronson, it would be pretty depressing. Like, oh man, this looks really good. This, this looks really dangerous. And then it's like, nope, it is not dangerous at all. But, uh, I don't, the reason I don't want to ding him too much is because he was just involved in like everything. He was everywhere and he was constantly involved in constantly helping the ball move from place to place. And it was a keep, a lot of guys were, but he was, he was just always doing things to help the, help us get into these situations. Sometimes he was the guy getting it in dangerous spots. Sometimes he was facilitating it. So I don't want to, I, I just want to avoid being like Aronson had a rough game even though he did sort of let himself down a lot in that last 22 yards. I
0: yeah, I'm not even necessarily saying he had a rough game, just that he doesn't look he didn't look likely to like convert promising situations into goals. I do I I do agree he was he was everywhere. I mean, he's he's uh he works his butt off. He he moves well off the ball. He looks to release the ball quickly. That 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 makes him a man after my own heart. And uh so there there's a lot to like there. Just you know, there's a difference. I think there's a I think there's a clear tiering at this point. I didn't I and I didn't think you may disagree with me, but I didn't think I didn't I didn't think Wea was um well, how do I say this? I wasn't I was maybe not as impressed with Weya as a lot of other people were as well. And I think like there's a clear tiering, at least in ability, between the you know, the first two wingers, Reina and Pulisic. And the second two, that's maybe that's, that's not maybe news to very many people, but <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed well, clear. Like you get the you get rain of the ball in some of those situations and like you, you have the sense that he could do anything he wants. Maybe like anything could happen. But,
1: I don't, I don't disagree. And, and that kind of also that uh, an, a, rele- a relevant, a uh, relevant thought or related thought hit my head too. And even when I was thinking like, man, Aronson's kind of like not been great, Uh, in these dangerous moments, I was like, but still like as our third or fourth winger, this is really good looking stuff. So uh, just thinking about how we can be missing Pulisic and Reyna, and still have our wingers bringing this amount of like life and energy and uh, quality to our attack just feels like a a pretty important thing. Yeah. They do bring life and energy,
0: both of them. And and I think, and I think you're right. Rhea Rhea was, was cooking in the half space and Obviously he scored the goal or it was it was ruled an own goal, but it was a you know it was a good shot all right let's see twenty ninth minute a good patient passage of play ends with uh Robinson going one v one at Blanco on the left wing. Nothing too incredible from the u s but I would call what we were doing uh probing you know I know Matt Hartman was not Matt Hartman was not as impressed with the game as I was, let's say from, like, he wasn't as impressed with the U.S. performance. And I think he would say, like, the way we didn't really, we didn't create that much actual danger, and I would say, I would, so that's where I come, I'm just sort of trying to thread the needle here. Probing is the word that I come up with. We're, like, we're constantly probing Costa Rica's defense, and, um, yeah, that was a lot of words that didn't say very much, but... (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I think that I think that's spot on and, and I can get Hartman's uh, angle on it too because he's right we didn't always turn it into shots and this is that's also you know why I want to do the final 22 yards because I feel like we probed well enough to initiate these really dangerous moments and then we sacrificed some of that danger by uh doing something really low percentage as like a our attempt to to finally make the final pass yeah um but I would agree with you and and so then again the question becomes, um, how probable is Costa Rica? Because they were they were also more open to like they were more open defensively than I expected them to be. Um, certainly, once they were one zero up, I was just like, okay, well that'll be that. They'll sit deep and they've got Kaylor Navas. And what are we going to do about that? But there were there were some gaps. There was a lot. There were big pockets for those wingers to do their half spacing. You think you think so? Was that because they were pushed up too high or? I think so. I thought their bank of three was too high. Like it almost looked like a four one, four one at times. Uh and I or you know, like there was just this giant space between the the winger line, the three man line, and the yeah. back four. Uh there was no way their midfielders were gonna be able to cover all that space when Aronson and Wey are just all over the all over the shop. Is that just because uh Borges and, and Ruiz
0: can't run or it like poorly Poor tactics on on the part of the team.
1: I'd I'd probably call it poor yeah, poor tactical choices to be that spread out or, or poor execution if that wasn't the plan, but uh I thought they'd be a lot more compact. Okay. Seems to be a theme
0: in this window. <laughs> like people are less compact than we think they're gonna be. It it is true though, both of our both of our goals really came against a compact defense though, right? I mean, the the second one came on a mistake, but
1: yeah, I, I I don't think that's on off. Like at the moment, like we're finally getting into the box. Then they get back, and you you see almost like a line of six mm-hmm. uh, Costa Rica players, and that happened a lot as we uh, get past them. They would try to track back, but they gave us the they gave us the corridor into that into that space too easily. Uh, I mean, perfectly, exactly as easily as they should have. For my liking, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got <laughs> right. into them but like I was surprised at how easily we were able to continuously get into those good areas.
0: So 31st minute Musa does Ruiz and then goes 50 yards down the line and tries to whip a ball into Pepe. This is one of those that I would call, I would consider a fairly purposeful ball. Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's going for Pepe's feet and it just gets cut out. I think by Calvo, um, 32nd minute McKenney recovery and a, and a splitting pass to Musa on the right wing. So this is the McKenney, you know, this is the good McKenney who shows up constantly in this game, a very nice pass to Musa out wide on the right. And, uh, and then he tries to serve Pepe in the box again, and it's cut out again, this time, definitely by Calvo. And then, um, 33rd minute, Robinson serves one that skips through to Aronson on the back post. He settles it and then tries to juke his guy, but can't get anything going really from about seven yards. I don't even know if he tried to shoot or tried to pass. Kind of hard to tell. I sound like yeah, I'm dragging him really started. hard. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to describe what I saw.
1: Right. And I think, in, in again, mentally for me, this is where like the, the areola comparisons were starting to like get a little – uh, uncomfortable because um, he has it there and he just never looked like he was actually going to create a shot is kind of how I'd say it. And that feels to me very areola. Yeah.
0: Like what is, what should he have done there? Just taking it first time? Probably.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, he got, it seemed like he wasn't prepared. Like his, his footwork wasn't, he wasn't expecting the ball to come to him. Like it surprised him. So now he's handcuffed. And for me at that point, you either toe poke it while it's directly underneath you and see if you can catch everyone by surprise, like on goal or, or you do. You have to come up with some fancy feet and either draw desperation lunges to block your shot where you then clip it disguised past to somebody else in the box or you just have to force jam it in through Kaylor Navas. Yeah, I think he tried to if I had a bet,
0: I'd say he was trying to clip it
1: across the face of goal. I thought he was shooting. Okay. I thought he was just like, <laughs> okay. whatever. Hit it hit it at the goal as hard as I okay. can, but it didn't even get to Navas, right? Cut out by a no, defender. Yeah, it didn't. Um thirty-fourth minute. I, I
0: can't visualize this moment in my head, but I, I have in my notes nice work from McKenny to find Dest in the box from wide. So Dest doing some half space, merchant merchanting
1: from the fullback position. Yeah, he did, right? And then Musa would would get out to the sideline. Yeah. That was a very nice A lot.
0: Maybe that's why we had so much space. We just had, we just were confusing them. Thirty uh, seventh minute. There's a penalty shout for Costa Rica. McKenney is just so now we're back to bad McKenny, just way too casual, trying to play out of the back. First, he puts Anthony Robinson in a bad spot when he could have turned. You know, we've we've uh, we've dragged Jackson Ewell for this exact thing, where you have the whole middle of the field to turn into and play a pass or or dribble. And instead, McKinney just plays a quick pass right to Anthony Robinson, who's already in a tight space. And then it, the ball comes back to McKinney again, and he one-touches it back to Robinson again, and the space is even smaller, and, he, and it's intercepted. And then Costa Rica is attacking into our box. Uh, there's a, a ball played across, sort of across the top of the box, and Eunice Musa slides to intercept it, and it spills as a through ball, unluckily for us, for Moya, Jonathan Moya. And, and so Richards is in desperation mode and he slides in and kind of encircles the ball with his left foot and also touches Moya's feet with his feet. So that's, that's where the penalty shot comes from. I, I thought it was a great tackle, but I, you know, I guess you could call a penalty on it, even though that'd be pretty, yeah. Pretty it's whack. something
1: it's something that has the, the look of a penalty, right? So in real time, if that referee calls it, you're like, all right, well, we slid in and, Got the guy's leg and penalties are penalties. So uh, there's certainly risk involved there uh, with the challenge. <laughs> On the flip side, there is obviously a necessity to do that because there's way more risk to not do anything and just see what happens with Moya directly in front of our goal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Richard says so he has to choice. do it, right? Yeah, he doesn't have any yeah. choice.
0: But it's also, I think, a very – I think you could argue it's a penalty, but I think it was a really good tackle. Also like to get in there and get between him and the ball and, and, and move the ball away from him. I don't know. I thought it was kind of impressive.
1: Uh, Bob Morocco did a, a cool, like four four tweet thread on it and, and compared it to how uh, clever attackers. Well, I, I mean, he's, he's been on this. Uh, uh, he's been banging this drum for a while anyway, about um, players who knife in it like the last second to seal the ball off from a, an opponent as the opponent is like in their backswing to kick it. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and attackers have been doing this lately. Like as a defender is about to clear it, they just like knife in and get kicked where uh, in the past they might call that on the attacker, especially because it's way easier to just call fouls on attackers. But now because of VAR, the, the video is like, well, actually the, the, uh, this guy snuck in and the defender kicked him. So it's a penalty. Uh, but this, that's almost like what happened here. Right. So Richard's, knifes in with his body and basically seals off moya and now has position and so you could say moya then is technically the one initiating the contact with richards i see yeah i mean making that argument isn't going to matter if the referee is blowing the whistle and signaled for a penalty but uh again it's something richards had to had to go for
0: yeah it was McKenney's it was McKenney's doing the whole thing <laughs>
1: um I feel like, I feel like they, you can get addicted to those little triangles. Like we were doing them yeah. so much. Yeah. And there's such like a, it's such a satisfying feeling to be doing that, to get those little rondos going. And and when you're doing those, you don't always try to turn because the idea behind those triangles is that you're the other guy, the other guy you're passing to can see the, see past you. So if I pay, play it, I don't have to turn. I can just hit this ball to uh, my teammate and that accomplishes the same thing because it's this tight space and he can see yeah. what's behind me and he'll just ping that ball into the space. That's going a long way to excuse McKenney, which you shouldn't. I mean, it was a bad choice to to do that. You have to be smart about your triangle execution. Yeah,
0: but uh, that is—it's an interesting idea, though—that th- to to finally have a game where we're doing that consistently could have could have been intoxicating for Weston. Thirty <laughs> ninth minute, another nervy moment. Uh, Pepe heads away a Costa Rica corner, and it's in Aronson's direction. But he kind of defers to Musa, who's in the vicinity, not knowing that Yeltsin Tejada is coming through. And Tejada comes through, and the ball falls to Kelso Borges. Is it Borges or Borges? You know, it's probably Borges.
1: That's probably correct.
0: Uh, And uh, so it falls to Borges, and then he, uh, he takes a shot with his right foot. That is, I think it's pretty well hit, but it's a comfortable save for Stefan.
1: There we go. That's Stefan's big other big save. Right.
0: And I don't know that that Borges had had it in his legs to like do much more than just take a touch and have a shot from there. <laughs> 43rd minute. Uh, good cross from Robinson to Pepe. And Pepe's header is right at Navas. Couldn't generate enough power to trouble him. Please interject here, Greg. If you G-
1: got to convert your headers, <laughs> if you want to be the starting striker for the U.S., I'm, I'm just uh, just being annoying. Forty seventh minute, nice
0: attack up the right side to Aronson through Dest. Uh, Aronson's cut back, deflects off of a defender and McKenney and falls for Pepe, and his shot is blocked. Um, handball called on West, so Weston, so it it kind of didn't matter. And the half comes. And we get uh something really something really nice happens. Uh Kaylor Navas comes off with a muscle injury. I don't know. I mean, it's not nice for him to come off with a muscle injury in a in a vacuum, but it sure is nice for the US's chances of winning the game. And Lionel Moreira uh comes on for him. By the way, uh I met a guy at a at a bar in Columbus yesterday who And I believe him when he says this, who says he is first cousins once removed with Kaler Navas. He showed me a picture. He's a Costa Rica, Costa Rica fan from Richmond, Virginia. And um, he was really, he was a really nice dude. He bought, he, I, he, he supplied me with two different beverages at two different points before the game, like hours separately. Very nice guy.
1: So I love the Navas family. (laughs) I was disappointed. I, like, I'll just be honest. I was disappointed to see him leaving because it just takes away from the uh, gravity of the soccer game in my mind. I, I want everyone's best players to be playing.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be interested to hear whether you think Nav- Navas would have stopped that shot from where. Because, I mean, gravity be damned if uh, <laughs> if he had if he would have been likely to stop it. Uh 48th minute. Okay, it's not all there, but we basically open up the second half with 3 minutes of possession ending in Adams having a good window for a through ball to Musa in the right channel. And the ball is it is I don't know if you remember this one, but the 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 pass is heavy and goes over the end line, but it is a it's a clear moment of soccer that we we generated on our own where if if Adams plays a little bit better ball Musa is in behind and you know we have another one of these perhaps maybe a cup a chance for a cutback maybe a chance for a for a hopeful ball but
1: i thought it was good well and, and again the key here the key here is just the frequency that these things are happening so it's not like oh we missed our chance we won't be back here for 15 more minutes uh it just feels like it It does just feel like it's inevitable. We are knocking and, and it isn't inevitable. Like we didn't rack up a ton of shots because we still aren't polished enough with our choices and our execution in that last 22 yards. But like this is this is a lot better than going back to the Canada game in the last window. Like this is such night and day from that. And again, Canada is a better team than Costa Rica and they were more compact. And it's a that is a different test. And I'm hoping that if we get a chance to take that test again. Uh, But just the ideas here and the, the, again, the fluidity and the ease it's, it's just so different.
0: Yeah. I just think it was really good. Good soccer. Uh, Musa Robinson, McKenny, Destin way all, all looked good in this, this one moment I'm, I'm clocking in the 48th minute. And uh, there's a point where like shortly after that, we get another Robinson cross I guess it's getting kind of tedious to just keep mentioning Robinson crosses, but <laughs> Robinson has a, I did notice Robinson had a window to find McKenney in the channel in, I don't know, maybe the 50th minute. Uh, and the pass is just off.
1: And like McKenney was kind of like in on goal there. Do you remember that from the, no, but now I'm I'm for sure going to look that up. I was, I was impressed by Robinson yeah. uh, almost all game yeah. and it's not, he wasn't like a hundred percent, but again, it's kind of like Aronson. He was doing so many good things uh that it i mean it's so far outweighed any any little mistakes he was making
0: he the the phrase man among boys comes to mind with him too you know he just looks it's he's calming back there he looks in control which is what a nice development such a nice development (laughs) 53rd minute uh quick throw by weston springs aronson his cutback is cut out uh 54th minute, nice and
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I know you're you're on a roll here, but I just want to yeah. really quick address this quick throw by Wes uh because it is assisted by Greg Berhalter. And we've we've seen this a few times. Uh I shared these clips in the Discord. I actually don't tweet them out uh because I'm like worried that we're gonna tip off opponents if if they spread too far about like this little quick tactical throw in that we have, uh-huh. uh where it's almost like an alley oop where this one on this one, Berhalter gets the ball on the sideline. It goes right to his hands. Wes is coming, and Berhalter like bounces it straight down where he's standing, so Wes can just like step into it and take his throw before Costa Rica set. Uh, and we've done it several other times uh, in the last several months. So I th- we did it twice against Mexico. Like this is a real thing that is a real weapon for us. That I'm assuming our paid page- our team is like rehearsed and is all on the same page for. It's really I'm impressed by it every time. Yeah.
0: I didn't notice. I didn't no- notice Burhalter's role in that throw-in. So,
1: yeah. oh yeah, it's a, it's a key moment, and, and other players have done it too. It's not just Burhalter. So that's why I feel like with West, partic- in particular, uh, the idea that you can sort of serve him the ball in a way that lets him keep his momentum going, because the other team isn't expecting that immediate of a transition from West catching it to West firing it thirty yards downfield.
0: Does. Have you noticed that any of the fa- of the quick throw-ins have come off of a behind-the-back pass? Because I wonder, no, I wonder if the behind-the-back pass is a signal to just like, hey, don't do it this time.
1: <laughs> now we were talking about this in the Discord too. I think the behind-the-back passes, like, are actually the most efficient way to. It's it's like a Apollo thirteen where they have to slingshot around the moon to come back. Like you get the torque by going around your back to get at the distance he needs to get it without taking a step and repositioning your body. So I actually think Berhalter is going for like the most efficient way to get the ball to his player, uh, with these ridiculous throw in situations. I see. So it, rather than, rather than like catching the ball, stopping
0: it and then doing like a classic 1950s bounce pass, you, right. You just let it, you let the momentum go all the way around your body. Exactly. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, Okay. I thought maybe I'd cracked some kind of code there, but I guess not. 54th minute, a nice entry pass from Robinson to Pepe, who lays it off for McKinney, this time in the middle of the field, rather than rather than one, one touching it out wide. And McKinney returns it to Pepe in the box, and his touch is a little bit loose. But this is a really nice little attacking sequence for both of these guys, all
1: three of them, I guess until yeah, Aronson gets involved too. Oh, you've got Aronson in this. I, I loved this one. And it, this was a huge marker for me because it's the ball from Robinson to Pepe. And we don't see this ball very much or not enough in my mind where I feel like it should almost be like automatic when our half space guys go from in to out, they almost always drag somebody a few steps over uh, and create this window into our striker. And I would, I really want us to just like, and I want our striker to want the ball at that point. A lot of times when it was P uh, when it was Zardes, we don't see it because they just keep their hips sort of facing the goal and they're just occupying the center back and kind of like pushing him back. But I really think we should just be hitting this ball into our striker's feet more often, um, especially with the center mids we have who will burst through mm-hmm. the way we have here where I mean, that's what was it was like a 35 yard pass from Robinson to I mean, Robinson's like way out wide. And suddenly we have the ball at our striker's feet at the top of the box. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it was 35 yards, but it was far. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a short pass. Yeah, you, you, so so Pepe can do this really well. I I, th- I think Sargent could do it a little bit too. Um,
1: you have to want the ball, and you have to also be physical enough to not let the center back get around you while that ball's traveling. Yeah. I'm not saying that just because you said the name Sargent, and I don't know that he could do it, <laughs> but Josie Altidore would do this. Yeah.
0: Well, it's weird to think of Pepe as more physical than Sargent. Do you, do you think that's the case?
1: I don't. I have, I honestly have no idea. I just know on this sequence, uh, very well executed by Pepe. And then I also really liked McKenney's pass because, uh, I mean, these are going to come in a little hot sometimes because it's really difficult to connect this ball um, from Pepe to McKenney So McKenney handles it and then it's a really nice disguised ball back to Pepe. Mm. Like it was a, uh, it, it would actually I think qualify as creative. It was unexpected. It wrong-footed guys. It wasn't where he was aiming his hips. So yeah, this one, this sequence definitely popped for yeah. me.
0: It it's uh, after that loose touch, as you mentioned, Aronson got involved. It falls for Robinson, and he plays Aronson into the box. Aronson has a shot that's saved comfortably by Morera. I believe it's it's deflected by. I'm guessing Duarte.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's, it's barely a shot. Like it's a, he's basically just trying to hit a firm pass and I don't think it was ever going to happen. And I was a little frustrated because I'm a optimization guy because Anthony hits this ball into Aronson. And again, it's another great ball into a guy's feet, which Aronson is, or I'm sorry, Anthony has been doing a lot lately. And then Anthony bursts beyond his man and his like gets absolute perfect position here. The defenders who block Aronson's shot like fully commit to the block, so they've sacrificed their balance. And if if Aronson fakes a shot and just touches it two yards beyond uh, where he's standing, Anthony has it racing in. And we're again like, don't settle for the shot that's not going to score. Don't settle for just waving a ball in the box. Like keep going, keep taking advantage of how you've put the defense on their heels and get even better chances. Yeah, I really wanted that slipped ball to to Anthony. There's part of me that wonders how much you can even
0: coach. I mean, you can you can coach some of that stuff, but I isn't just like being on the ball in the box is uh, is another realm, isn't it? I mean, it's like you. It, some people are good at it. Some people aren't. Some people things slow down for them, and they do they make good decisions. Other people don't. Right? I mean, it's
1: yes. I I think you. I think that's for sure coachable. Like again, just. Rec- like you you literally just break it down in a video like understand that you have you know eight different uh options whatever like you might shoot it you might slip anthony in you might actually fake the shot and decide none of it's on and rather than sacrifice all of it and just pass it to their goalkeeper you stop everything and pull it back and go negative uh which isn't our favorite but like sometimes that's the right yeah, thing to do yeah. uh and and it's like yeah the player has to process all those things and do all those calculations and the better players do those calculations faster and then are able to execute and and we see those things happen like that, that it's not an impossible decision or calculation to make you're just saying something it's innate potentially yeah i mean uh like the elite
0: the people who are elite at it are you know they have like i i i, I have the conviction that they have some kind of like special quality to them as human beings you know like but uh, but that's probably just like a very small that's a very small part of it. Um, let's see, fifty six minute. We got the Ruiz breakaway. I thought it was actually very clever of him to hide behind Tyler Adams and then pop out to to nick this pass from Miles Robinson. Uh, not that that absolves Robinson for for playing a pass in such a. You know, playing a pass that was picked off in such a dangerous area. Uh, Richards, I don't know that Richards even sees Ruiz until... Not until later, Yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yep, same. It, you're right, totally, like, such an experienced play by Ruiz. He's he's basically been, like, again, using his, his cane for most of the game. No one's expecting this sudden burst from him. Robinson and uh, Richards have been passing it back to each other freely all game. So a really clever, like... I've lulled them to sleep. This is the one time I'll try it. And he, and he gets it.
0: Yeah. And then and then, so Richard's swings, like he, he sets up like he's trying to just, uh, you know, hit it away or like play a pass out wide. And so I'm not sure he even sees Ruiz, which I guess you could, you could ding. I mean, Hartman and I had a pretty spirited exchange about this earlier, but I guess you could, Ding Richards for not seeing Ruiz because like he had him in his field of vision, he just didn't l- look up to see him. But it's just not something you can. I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's not something you really can prepare for. I don't think. Anyway, he Richards swings and misses, and Ruiz is off, and Robinson is the one who has to chase him down. He does so actually quite easily and dispossesses him at the top of the box. Um, I don't know what. Uh, I, I don't know what, like. I feel like Ruiz could have maybe done
1: better there even with his decrepitness. Uh Miles is Miles. I mean part of that, right? Like if the, if if we're going to give this situation up, we couldn't have asked for a better to, duo to to be involved. <laughs> right. Is how I'll put yeah. it.
0: So that was scary. Uh and it's it was 1-1 at that point. Uh 57th minute uh McKinney Takes a shot after a Robinson cross is cleared poorly. He tries to kind of curl it into the top corner, but hits it way over. Um, he's the one who had sprung Robinson in the first place in that sequence. 65th minute, we get a Rabona from Dest amid some nice com- combination play from the U.S. Check out Wacky's video on, on that on Twitter. Um, is it Rabona or Rab- Rabana? He says Rabona it's re, it's Rabona yeah
1: <laughs> it's it's a Spanish word or Portuguese, I guess I'm not sure yeah now I'm doubting myself
0: um sixty seventh minute we get our goal and it's actually i think it is in the same passing sequence right as the as yeah the, same passing Rabon- sequence
1: that Costa Rica gets like uh disrupts it okay, and then we quickly turn that disruption into uh into a way of shot.
0: Yeah, and it's it's McKenny plays a, a frankly pretty poor diagonal ball from sort of the left channel to the right side, and it's but it's handled disastrously by Fuller and falls to Dest behind him. So it just kind of skips off of Fuller's tummy and falls to Dest, Who takes a touch and then plays Wea in behind with a well weighted little ball. Wea takes a shot first time he does pretty much hammer it and uh, it caroms off the post and then Moreira's back, and then maybe off the post again, and then off of Moreira's, oh no, it goes off the ground, and then off of the outside of Moreira's forearm, and then, you know, caroms again, sort of across the face of the goal, goal, always spinning in toward the goal, and then it goes into the goal like two yards from the other post. So, 2-1 USA.
1: Yeah, and I I want to make it clear. I absolutely love a goal that goes over the line, but never actually makes it to the net. I think those are wonderful. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about that that situation where the ball just rolls in and then just dies. Yeah, like you're sticking it on a green from a hundred yards away. That's funny.
0: Uh, Aronson did put it in the net. He he, but it but it had died before the before he got there. That's true. Or at least it was on its way to dying before hitting the net. Do you, so Navas probably probably
1: parries this away. You think? Yes, I do. I mean, this is, this isn't like uh, what Stefan was dealing with on that first goal that we gave up. Like this is a pretty straightforward situation. Uh, it is a great ball from Sergino Dest, um, very Dutch. Where where his job is to with this this pass is to, uh, I think they say take way us first touch for him. Uh, so the pass. Means that t- the quality of the pass means Timway does not have to take a preparation touch he gets to just run onto it, set his feet, get everything set to perfectly smash it, which he does uh but then yes i I don't think that from the angle, even though he hit it hard, um I think this is a Navas footwork reaction technique puts the ball out for a corner, which we would have then scored on, so I feel like people saying that Navas would have kept us from winning. No, we would have scored on the corner. But yeah. He would have I th- I think Navas probably makes us play the majority of the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I I don't know in in Moreira's defense, Moreira's defense, the um I know Jesse Howe is out there listening to my Spanish and he's he's not going to appreciate it if I don't make a good effort to pronounce these names correctly. But um in his defense, like he's got to cover the far post too, right? I mean, it, it's the the shot doesn't go in if he's not there for it to f- carry him off him. It's hard to save
1: a shot that's going off the post, right? I don't know. Yes, but that angles. I mean, it is a tough. It's a tight angle. Okay. Usually, from that angle, it's got to like go right beside your feet or like right over your shoulder into the roof. Usually, not always. I mean, if if again, we've seen Daryl DK smash these so. And Waya makes hits it with some good wood. So, okay.
0: Well, it's two one USA. It's it's counted as an own goal against the backup goalkeeper for Costa Rica. It did feel deserved to me at that point. Like we had we had dominated the game all all game all sixty seven minutes up to that point. Sixty eighth minute, we get. I'll try to go quick through this because we're way over time. <laughs> sixty eighth minute penalty shot for Pepe. He gets. uh Maybe dragged down by Blanco as an Aronson cross sails over him. I don't think he was getting anywhere near that ball. Uh, if, even if he hadn't been fouled, so it's not that big of a deal for me.
1: We need we need timeline inflation bells. We actually like we've talked about this before. When when we're so poor in other games, all of these events seem really positive and <laughs> worth mentioning. But once we once we put five or six of these games together, a lot of these will get left off the list because yeah. they won't even they won't even. Uh, we won't even remember them happening.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to relearn editorial discretion, I guess. Um, 70th minute, a huge chance for the USA. A lovely through ball from McKenney to Robinson, and then a good ball flashed across the six. Aronson just misses poking it at the near post. And then Calvo kind of plays a dangerous touch back to uh, Moreira and 73rd minute Dest comes off for Yedlin, way off for Hoppy and both of these young men do a victory lap around the south end of the field. That was uh that was pretty fun to watch because you know they could have gone off the normal way and and slapped hands with 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 Hoppy and uh Yedlin, but no they came off the on the opposite side of the field and went all the way around the south end of the goal clapping and um like pumping up the crowd. It was really fun. It was
1: great. Death knows that every single person there has a has a phone and an Instagram account, so he knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, And
0: then Musa comes off for Busio in the seventy eighth minute. We I talked about Busio a little bit earlier. Thought he was thought he was quite good on the ball. Seventy uh, ninth minute, a good chance for the U.S. Busio to to Yedlin. Yedlin finds a actually a good pass to Aaronson in the box. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. Um aronson floats it at the back post and hoppy keeps it alive for peppy who kind of drags it back with his left foot and tries to take a shot but it's blocked by duarte um but i like the choice from yedlin there to pick up his head and and find somebody i mean aronson was wide open but still he found him
1: found him and then a, a really like good heady play by hoppy to just extend it and, and see if something dangerous could happen. He didn't know if it was going to get to Pepe or what, but just to put it in a spot that is much better than having it go out for a goal kick or trying to like score from that angle. I know it's basic stuff, but uh, good moment for Hoppy and he wasn't in for very No,
0: he worked very hard while he was on there. I noticed, uh, I thought like, again, I thought Boosie was very sharp, had that good ball to Hoppy that was just headed away. Uh, was sort of a, it was a diagonal played to the middle of the field. Do you remember that? Yep, It was a yep. pretty is a pretty ball. I don't know if that's like a high uh, if the quants want us to be playing a ball like that, but <laughs> it was a an inch or two from from Hoppy bringing it down, you know, just inside the box. Eighty fourth minute, Saborio comes on for Venegas and Bolaños for Fuller and Waston for Duarte. So Costa Rica makes three changes, and then 87th minute, Zimmerman comes on for Aronson, so we go to three at the back, and then Zardes for Pepe, and Zardes got a huge hometown welcome in Columbus, which was, you know, kind of cool to see.
1: Yeah, really nice moment for
0: him. 87th minute, a scary moment on a free kick conceded by Miles Robinson. I think, you know, he had a legitimate gripe on the the whistle on this challenge, but anyway, it was a foul. It was called a foul. And uh, the free kick from so the free kick was delayed by all these substitutions, and then it we couldn't quite deal with it when it was floated in the box and it spilled. I thought somewhat dangerously to Stefan, who covered it up,
1: and then a foul was whistled uh, against Costa Rica. Yeah, Zimmerman like Zimmerman basically got bullied or or was trying to get physical with somebody else and like lost his footing and stumbled back like three yards, <laughs> and his stumble kept every costa rica player on side uh be like well behind our the line we'd set up so it was super dangerous and uh it's a, a bit fortunate that costa rica couldn't get any solid contact on that ball during the ensuing scramble because they had they basically had this position advantage uh that they couldn't take advantage huh. i didn't
0: notice that when i say i didn't notice that I, I hope that comes across as thank you for telling me this that i think that i didn't know <sighs> Um, 89th minute, we get another good passage of play through McKenney and Busio to Spring Yedlin. And then uh, Busio hits a nice diagonal to Robinson on the other side. So Busio is out there dealing. And in the 90th minute, Zardis is pressing and he wins the ball and squares it to Hoppy at the top of the box. Who it's a, maybe a little behind him, or his touch isn't first touch isn't quite right, so he ends up tapping it back to Busio, who takes a touch and then shoots from just inside the box. That shot is blocked. But I was ready to break into song if that would if that had been a goal. <laughs> and then ninety third minute, uh, I noticed I noticed Miles Robinson went down with a, a shin knock after winning the ball. He went to ground and then he sprang right back up, and I I was I was sitting next to friggin' Dingus. And we were talking about like, uh, you know, he's he's just he just doesn't have it in him to roll around on the floor and and uh, and see the rest of this game out because it had but it was a little nervy with that free kick and we're thought with we like you know,
1: take your time, Miles. But look, you guys, you guys can criticize Miles all you want, but neither of you ran out onto the field to delay the game in any capacity. So I feel like it's it's a bit of like a glass house situation <laughs> Fair here. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like culturally,
0: not acceptable in Columbus, Ohio, in a way that it is. It is more broadly acceptable, probably in Panama City. I think. I think that that Panama City's culture is is superior in that way. I'm not. I'm not saying anything about that.
1: Had had you been at a game in Panama City, you would have run out onto the field. One hundred percent uh 95th minute one
0: last nervy free kick and then Zardis bangs it out of bounds for the final whistle and we get our three points so okay I guess we should talk about the big picture stuff real quick even though we're an almost
1: an hour and a half into this um how many how many items were there did you do we have a count were there over was it an item per minute don't you don't count now. Don't no, count now. We're not gonna. I'd actually rather not. Count. <laughs> well, so so the question is,
0: you know, last last week we said, or not last week, but on Monday you said there's no evidence that what we have on the field right now is anything that's been built by Burhalter, And so, like we were talking about the hypothetical of him getting fired, and if some new coach had to come in, then they would be. You said, well, there's no reason to worry about that. They don't have to start over because we're, I mean, we're starting over every time we take the field. And I wonder, like, if you
1: still think that after last night's game. I would say more or less, yes, that would still be the case for me. Uh, And I'm not trying to just be like stubborn on this. I really, I really believe it. Um, We did the crossover with Total Soccer Show. uh, And the big thing, it was after the first window, right? Uh, And the big thing was like, are we, can we do this? Can we put it together? Like, can we, can we put together possession soccer? And you guys were, I think all pretty pessimistic about it. And I feel like I was actually the like optimistic one. And the reason I'm optimistic is because putting it together with the group of players we have should not in any way be considered like impossible or some like mythical quest to, to be able to play reasonably good possession soccer. Uh, again, we have really good players right now. Like not potential. I'm not ever talking about like these guys all have potential. These guys are all good right now. A lot of them are playing Champions League soccer right now. They're not potentially Champions League players. They're real Champions League players. Uh, so, yeah, like I think we can put it together. I don't think we're going to look like Man City and win every game 5-0. And that's not what I'm expecting to happen. Mm. Uh, and I think that question has kind of shaped this a little bit, or at least in like the the backlash to people being disappointed you you have other people being like i can't believe everyone's disappointed like you should just like you all just feel entitled to win all these games but i do think that you can like achieve something between where what we saw last window against like canada and how man city play i think that is doable with the talent advantage we have uh, in a relatively short time frame and i feel like this game in a way supports that and even the jamaica game because you can't chalk this up to like oh it just takes a a ton of reps or a ton of time because these guys playing have no reps together. They have almost no time together. Some of them don't have, it didn't have any world cup caps coming into this game. So like this, this to me shows how possible it is to do this. This wasn't like the culmination of the three years that burhalter has been doing this and it all just clicked into place. Like these guys haven't played together and they came out and they played a fluid, easy soccer game. Well, so, I mean, kind of think that you can just, sort of do this. <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess what you're saying is it's not, this is not the result of like of a very, very long process. What we saw last night, this is something that we
1: should have been able to see sooner. And we weren't yeah, I, seeing I it. basically think, I basically think this is progress from Canada to this week. Like that, that's my take on it. And, and I'm talking about the progress and I don't, and I know there's other talk about how inconsistent we were through the window, but because of the rotations we used, I feel like you basically have to talk about it as two separate teams. The team that played Jamaica and Panama and Costa Rica were essentially were very similar squads, and they both looked really good. And I get that, that those games are at home against the weaker opponents, but that we we didn't just lose against Panabob because they were better than these teams and uh and we and was were playing away. And it was humid. Yeah. Like, we looked terrible. We didn't try anything. I'm not I'm not saying we should waltz through Panama and win the game. Like, I get that you don't always win games. I get that you might not even draw games, even though historically we usually do well uh, away in CONCACAF outside of Mexico and Costa Rica. There's still variance in soccer. So we could make good coaching decisions. We could have a decent performance, and we could still lose a game, and I'd get that. But Panama wasn't that, right? Yeah. yeah. So all this to say, like the team that played Jamaica and Costa Rica, that to me looks like the progress you would make from Canada uh, last window to this window. And and I'm not even saying that that Burhalter doesn't get credit for that. Like that for me is something that Berhalter could have accomplished using what we did against Canada, learning from that, hammering on those points and applying things uh, in this window. I just don't think that like that that's a particularly difficult thing to achieve in that time. Like I think a lot of people could achieve that in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess my thought was after the Panama game, which was, which was infuriating to watch, um, (laughs) was it doesn't matter what we think about Berhalter. He's not going to get fired. And that's, you know, even more true now than it was then he's he's safe for a long time even if we lose to mexico even if we lose to mexico and drop points in in jamaica i, I couldn't imagine it. so at this point i'm just rooting for him you know i'm i'm rooting for him to succeed and so last night was uh was great you know i think i I hope he can takes. i hope he does deserve credit for the way they played and i hope he you know keeps building on it and that we keep playing that way and start playing that way even on the road and at least a little bit and play that way against Mexico and play our first game against Mexico. At least that I can remember where we actually play soccer against them and beat them at soccer, you know, and not just on set pieces and not just with grit. Although I love grit.
1: Pretty, I love grit. pretty elitist to, to, to pretend that set pieces aren't part of soccer, but no, I think everyone un- takes what yeah. you're saying and understands yeah. it. Uh no I I uh, I'm absolutely rooting for him as well. Um, I know but I but I just I just feel like I I recognize that uh for, like for me the situation hasn't changed that much. It has changed in the sense that it was a real test again after that Canada game which I thought was super disappointing in in a different way than the Panama loss. Uh this is like the progress we needed to see in that regard. So now we need to see progress in sort of what the Panama game showed as our shortcomings which is can we manage, can we ins- like uh, prepare the players who rotate in? I don't even care how many it is. Whoever we rotate in, can they be properly prepared uh, to play a good soccer game uh, to at least approach what the full strength team does? And if things aren't going well for either team, can we adjust properly to fix it in the game? Like those are sort of the next tests we need to sort of see play out. Yeah. And to be I mean, we we need to see him in the sense that, like, I'm curious about him. We don't need to see him, like, if it doesn't, he's going to be fired because I, I agree, I don't think that's happening.
0: To get kind of weirdly specific about the rotations in the future, I think maybe one thing we've learned is, I I guess I'm not sure Sebastian Leggett should be banished completely, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. Uh, but definitely we've learned that you can't have both Kellen Acosta and Sebastian LeJet in, in the midfield. I'm, I'd be very skeptical of that midfield if I saw it again. So maybe rotate, maybe we can rotate one at a time, you know? And it doesn't have to be legit, you know? If the MMA midfield is the, is the midfield, and I think that's pretty clear at this point, let's find a way to just
1: always have two of them in there at the same time. Uh, I'm not opposed to that, but that in rotation world. Uh, especially in the three game window next next uh month is a two game window so we could i think get away with starting all three of them twice in a three game window wanting two of them on at the same time might mean never having all three of them on it could mean that or only having them on all three on once oh, yeah. i don't know true. we don't need to do a permutation game now okay but, yeah uh <laughs> i don't know We're we're sitting in second which you know i know is we were sitting in second going into the window as well uh, but I also just want to like urge some caution there in the sense that like where you stand is good, but what's more important is like, how big is the cushion and what are the, what are the games still to be played? Uh, it's like elections in that sense. You might be winning, but if all the votes, if all the votes still be, still needs to be counted in California, then maybe you're not as sitting right. as well as you think. And we still have, um, we still have Mexico away, Canada away, uh, Costa Rica away. You, in Mexico home. So that's, that's the big thing we're in second, but we're only three points clear of Panama. Whereas had we maximized our chances to get a result and actually gotten the draw, then we'd be six points clear of Panama. Like that's such a huge swing to add a point to us and take two away from them. Uh, that puts us in a position where losing to Mexico at home isn't nearly as nerve wracking. If you're six points clear of that fourth place spot. Yeah.
0: And variances, and you know, variance in soccer, which you talk about a lot, is is a is such a real thing. Like we we dominated that game against Costa Rica last night, but it could, it could have it could have ended in a draw very easily. And uh, you know, if if Sergio Des doesn't pull up pull out that banger, it's maybe we lose the game. You know, it's even like despite totally dominating, so. I mean I know it's it's going to come down to the the final 22 yard analysis. And I I'm not making fun of that. I like I think that is that is a great thing to to think about going forward.
1: Anything else, Greg? I think that's it for me. One of these times I'm going to go to one of these soccer games. You've been to two of them now, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about going to um Cincinnati to tailgate but not to
0: go to the game. Just to like just to make our presence known.
1: Okay. I think that'd be fun too. I'm still, I'm still like holding out for Costa Rica, the away game. And now I really need Costa Rica to get some points. Cause I want them to still be alive when we play them. Yeah. Well, Costa Rica is so expensive.
0: You know, that's what everybody's saying. It's like super expensive place. Anyway. I haven't looked into it at all.
1: <laughs> all right. We're
0: we're we're way over. No one needs to hear right. our travel log. All right. People do want to hear it. By the way, thank you to our patrons I'll just say thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you.